First, I want to apologize. I actually meant to comment on this back during Twilight and completely spaced because I was sufficiently angry as to forget the point I was going to make. If you'll remember, when we started the Season 3 stuff, I mentioned that it's string continuity asterisk. Remember that? Well, Twilight is effectively the real beginning of the asterisks. Um, from Twilight to this episode to the next several, up until either, depending on how you define it, Proving Ground or Stratagem, is filler. It's all stuff that doesn't really matter and doesn't really belong and barely has anything to do with the overarching plot. It's just random episodes of the week, all kind of smashed right into the middle. So we've got all the establishing episodes, and once we start with Stratagem or Proving Ground, it kind of depends on how you define it, that's going to be one cohesive arc from start to finish until we actually conclude uh, in Season 4, actually. So that's a thing. I am weirded out by the fact that despite the fact that they had fewer episodes, they still felt the need to do what is effectively a filler episode, let alone several. Now, don't mistake me, this episode doesn't bother me that much, not as much as Twilight does, but still, this episode is probably the one that fits the least in this entire season. <sighs> Let's just run through this. They have found a random colony of old Western humans. Okay. Um, they're in the Expanse. I have, uh, I, I have a question. Uh, actually, I have all, all of them. All, all of the questions. Could, could we get uh, an answer here, please? No, of course we can't, and this will never be brought up again, because of course it won't, because it's a feller episode. It's an episode of the week. It's not supposed to have anything to do with anything. Uh, Mr. Uh, Goodman? Yeah, David Goodman, who wrote Precious Cargo, raise eyebrow, uh, said he was inspired to do a TOS episode, and so here we are. Okay, that's cool. What's, uh, what's with the weird music choice here, especially for the intro? That is not a song I would equate to being played while someone is being hanged to death on camera. I, I mean, they, okay, whatever. So this then leads to the main concept. Um, we see that this is about bigotry and how it's totally cool. It's, in fact, legal. It is the law that if a skag kills a human, regardless of self-defense or not, then it's hanging. They're, they're to be sentenced to death by hanging. Wow. Um, I do love the outfits. I suppose, obviously, since I've got a trench coat myself. Uh, I kind of have always wanted a good duster, but you wouldn't be able to see it here. It would just look like a normal coat. That's why I don't wear one for the show. Maybe get a nice... Loose leather hats, kind of hang out with that. But, um, <clears throat> sorry, sorry. Question. This is in the Expanse, right? Those spatial anomalies don't just hit space, right? Like, the planets are also affected by the, the stuff, right? I mean, that is a thing. I don't actually remember of them ever mentioning that, but you'd think it would be logical if planets were also hit by those effects. Now, granted, planets are going to be far further away from the spheres, because the spheres are built in their specific spots, but you'd think it would be pretty unstable to live here, even planet side, right? I mean, that that's not just... Okay, whatever, whatever. So, <clears throat> we find out that there's only about 6,000 humans and about 1,000 skags on the planet. Now, that answers my next question, why they're still stuck in the Old West era. Because you'd think they would have had some technological progress... <laughs> some technological progress sometime in the last 300 years. 
Now, I know human technological progress kind of goes in spurts and there's big key moments where a, a critical thing is developed and that allows people to develop better off of that. Blah, blah, blah. But for God's sakes, they've been stuck in the Old West for three centuries. We didn't get stuck in the Old West for three centuries. <sighs> Whatever. <clears throat> the only reason I'm willing to let that go is because they have a planetary population of a few thousand. So, you know, they, that's kind of it. <clears throat> Anyways. So they they're like, okay, we need a horse. Yeah, no problem. That'll be twenty bucks. <laughs> twenty bucks for a horse. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how much horses are right now. I didn't look it up, but damn, it's okay. He ends up trading it for a harmonica, so you know that <clears throat> it's okay. He gives the gun. Probably a nice gun, because it was probably replicated. Where did he get that gun? Where did they get the clothes? They don't really have replicators in the strictest sense, as we've already established. So where did they all get all the period piece stuff? Did they rob a store somewhere off camera? Hmm. Anyways, so bigotry. Yay! Bigotry, bigotry, bigotry. Um, then so there's some more bigotry. we got to get all that bigotry out there. I, I, Okay, I have a note here. I have to say that, damn, Bacula actually looks really good in that outfit. I wish I looked that good uh, in general, but never mind in that kind of a suit. That's... Oof. Anyways, <clears throat> he also is apparently pretty good at improv, just kind of rolling with things as if he lives there, which is way better than people tend to do when it comes to this kind of, you know, stuck back in time Star Trek thing. People Usually Starfleet personnel have no idea how to blend in at all, so he does a good job with it. But then again, we could give him some credits. After all, Bakula has a long-standing history of experience with improving and blending in with a random scenario every week. <clears throat> so... Even the barkeep, who is shown as far more reasonable, is anti-skag. You can't you catch that? Anti-skugarin. And then we have Bennings, who is shown in immediate contrast to not only be, you know, against skugarin people, but against them to the extent that he's totally cool with killing them, and in fact is actively gunning, literally, for an excuse to kill another one, right there in full view, because he can just do that, because, well, I mean, he is the deputy, after all. That's... Messed up. Archer takes forever to get involved in this, and finally he's like, yeah, can I have a cup of coffee? So, that brings in the sheriff. I want to do get, mention Glenn Morshower, who I actually do like as an actor, and who's been in some good, usually supporting roles, but he's a good supporting actor, and he does a decent job here. Not great, if I'm honest, but, you know, he's also been in other Trek roles in the past. So he's like, hey, what's up? Go away. So let's talk about the definition of victory again. Once again, if they just wanted to sweep in and win, then they would. <laughs> and they do, towards the end of the episode. Instead, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, which makes sense. This is a very, you know, what the heck is going on kind of a motive. So they go out and they find out that another alien species reached out to humans in the past and kidnapped them to be slaves. Huh, that sounds familiar. I actually wonder if there's any relation to the Briori here. It's almost as implausible, too, for different reasons. The Briori decided to go 75,000 light years that way, which was stupid for reasons we've already discussed. Here, the Skagarans decided to drag them into the Expanse. Remember, the Expanse existed 300 years ago, so it was already this unstable, dangerous region of space. And naturally, they wanted to go ahead and kidnap people from outside of the Expanse, which means they could leave the Expanse, which is something we're told can't happen. Huh. And then kidnap humans 
for some reason, which at this point don't even have the ability of the aeroplane, and because they're perfect for slavery, okay, maybe they heard about it from the Briori? I don't know. And then bring them back into the Expanse, which actually makes even less sense, in order to settle the territory. Now, I'm, I'm really hampering on this, hamming, hammering this point in, because this is a season one or a season two episode. This has nothing to do with the Ark, and its inclusion in the Zindi Ark and its physical presence within the Delphic Expanse actually makes it worse. You know, negative to story, because it actually detracts from everything. So much of this makes no sense, and the more you think about it, the less sense it makes. Why, 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 why? Like, I joked earlier about all the questions, but the problem is it wasn't actually a joke. And every question is completely unanswered. This would have worked a little bit better as one of the early Season 1 episodes. Imagine if this was relatively close to Earth. And so these Skagarans showed up a few hundred years ago in the local area. Like, they were actually from right over here. They go grab, you know, relatively close from a uh, stellar perspective. You know, obviously they're a couple light years out. But, you know, they go grab the humans, come back. Humans, you know, win and fight back. But they don't have radios or anything else, so they have no way to contact. Enterprise is like, we're going to go exploring. Is that, uh, are those humans? And they kind of stumble into it as they're just scanning this particular sector. And lo and behold, they find this colony. And you can see how that would at least make a little bit more sense and would be less filler and wouldn't actively interrupt the flow of the story arc, and wouldn't be actively stupid. Anyways. So. Uh, let's see here. We've got the illegal whiskey, which of course is very illegal. That's how there's so much of it. Who makes it? Um, and then we've got the sins of the father. Now, I heard someone once mention that this is sins of the father taken to the extreme. No, it isn't. We have worse sins of the father problems in real life with people who are actually upset about other... So, people here are upset at these people because these people's ancestors were had something to do with these people's ancestors. No, it doesn't make sense to me either, to be completely honest. But this is something that we have problems with in real life going back way further back than 300 years. So, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Then we find out that the penalty for teaching children of Skigarans is 10 years in prison. What? The what? Okay. So, naturally, Archer's like, okay, I'm going to bust her out of here. I'm going to get her out of jail. Okay, get the key. Uh, uh, trying to play with the I can't find the... And then Dennings, who is unconscious, is like, it's the silver key, huh? It's the silver key. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I'm not even explaining that one. So this leads to the only reason I like this episode. Oh, don't mistake me. I, I like a good Western, and they, they, they use the outfits well, and moderately okay guest star performances, you know, below average, but not terrible. But what really caught me about this episode is they decide to beam out in the middle of the town square. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, so you're just evil, and you hate the Prime Directive. Well, no, and yes, respectively. But my real point here is that they actually tried to escape normally first, which makes sense. He only tried to beam out when it, it was a life-or-death situation. And that's what I really like about that. Because they were still withholding, remember, definition of victory. They don't want to just sweep in and win. 
they're trying to not contaminate, not affect it, and just not screw with this. So, well, he could have gone in and just beamed Bethany out and then beamed back down to the planet or whatever. She would have been like, ah! And they don't want to do that unless they have to. Den- Bennings deciding, was it Dennings or Bennings? Evil guy deciding to shoot her forced his hand. Okay, now I gotta beam out. Let's go. And that means doing it right in front of everyone. This then leads to Archer doing something that I actually applaud significantly. Just coming down openly, having done the scouting process and being like, hey, so we're from space and we have spaceships and space tech. Can we talk? And he just sits and talks with the sheriff for a while. I actually do like that. I don't think it would work in every situation, but the overall approach is something I approve of. Because you'll notice they didn't just do that to begin with, because that would be stupid looking at UTOS. Instead, they they infiltrated first, did their research, did their recon, tried to figure out what's going on and how people would react. Things went badly, their hand was forced, and once their hand was forced, rather than continue, they decided to go ahead and go forward with what is effectively first contact. So first contact is done, hey, we're here, this is how things are. And you could argue the legality of this because these people already knew space travel existed and that aliens existed, so it's less of a contamination, even though it is still absolutely a contamination. But the important thing is these people are also being given a chance to evacuate. It's implied that it'll be an option, too, once, if, the Federation actually exists, first of all, once EarthGov reaches out and actually gets some ships out here in order to transport 6,000 people, which isn't much on a planetary scale, but on a ship, that's going to be a couple ships, and it's going to be a little crowded. So that's all good. I like that. What's weird, though, to me, is all the scenes between Archer and the Sheriff are all focused entirely on the bigotry. Not the advances in tech or the current death doom scenario with the Zindi that we seem to have forgotten because this is a filler episode. Was this the beach or something? But uh, there's a lot of sand. But it's all about the bigotry. And, well, okay, yes, that's an important point and it does need to be addressed and these people need to be smacked upside the head and have some sense knocked into them. It's weird that that's the entire thrust of the conversation. But it's, it's only weird from an in-universe perspective because it makes perfect sense from an out-of-universe perspective. This is a message show. This is a show all about sins of the fathers and bigotry. I keep using that word. It's all about trying to showcase how terrible it is and how it can lead to awful things and all sorts of things that, okay, I'm with. I am. Because bigotry is terrible, and every now and again we need to be reminded of that, apparently. (sighs) You know, right? (laughs) But the problem is the episode hits the note just a little bit too hard and a little bit too often. Now... This is always a hard thing to examine. I've talked before about how sometimes Trek in particular will hit a specific message and they'll hit it hard and unyieldingly because they need to. Because some messages need to be shown as awful and horrific as they are. I don't think this is one of those situations. Oh, no, I don't mistake me. I do think the bigotry is that terrible. But my point is that they didn't do that with this. Instead, this feels like an after-school special, which doesn't really have the impact or gravitas that it needs to get across the significance of how serious this kind of a topic is. They didn't even manage it in the intro, the cold open, where they hanged a guy to death on camera, and even that lacked the impact it should have had. Instead, if this had been a substantially darker piece, which really showcased just how bad this could get, really showcased the gradients of bigotry, like have the barman towards the positive end, but still doing it, 
the sheriff towards the middle, but still doing it. And then have Dennings or Bennings, whatever his damn name is, being just absolutely disgusting consistently to the point where he actually becomes an outlaw for them and starts doing really horrible stuff. And you get how they could actually emphasize this differently. Now, you're probably thinking, didn't they already do that? Not really. And that's the problem. You ever see Simpsons? Of course you have. The more serious question is, have you seen the episode of Simpsons I'm thinking of? It's the episode where they're doing fire safety and Ned Flanders is volunteering to be part of the the commercial, basically, because they get out there and Ned's there and he's like, hey, daddy-o, I'm going to toke up a smoke. And I'm, I, I'm ad-libbing the lines because I don't remember what he says. But that's what this episode feels like. It's not like the message isn't serious. It's that you're failing to communicate it. And again, fixing it would involve specific scene-by-scene rewrites and restructuring. And I mean, honestly, if you came to me and said, hey, Lord, fix this, I'd be like, okay, and eject the entire thing. Because we're in the middle of this indie arc. Can we not do the beach episode? Okay, fine. We have to do the beach episode. Which leads me to my question. What would you do? How would you do the beach episode here, where the main focus is bigotry? And it has to be set in season three for some damn reason. So how would you do it? Real question, because actually this is a bit of a brain puzzler for me, I will admit. But since you're probably going to ask what I would do, well, sometimes I like to prep an idea for these kind of questions, and sometimes I like to make something up on the fly. I haven't prepped anything, so this is going to be making this up right off the top of my head. All right, so first of all... um. Let's make them Zindi. Eject the human thing. Eject the slavery thing entirely. Make this a group of Zindi that was enslaved by... It doesn't even matter who. It could actually be another group of Zindi. In fact, it would probably work better if it was literally the same type of Zindi. Uh, the mammal Zindis, for example. Or make... That would probably be cheapest on the, the, you know, the budget, because we do have to keep the budget a little bit low. So make them all mammalian Zindi. Bam. This would explain why Enterprise is so interested in this area. They detected a planet absolutely flooded with Zindi. They come down, they see this kind of old Westy kind of thing, and it's like, huh? And that all, that prompts the same question. What's What the heck is this doing out in space, right? So it's the same general question, and it's the same general hook for the interest in the episode. We find out over the course of this that there was a group of Zindi. So th- all of these Zindi are some of the evacuees from the planet from however long ago, right? And they all, f- this is one of the groups that fled. I mean, all the groups fled. This specific group fled to this planet. It's like, okay, we're going to settle here. And when they settled, well, some of them started blaming the others for what was going on back in the war. Maybe these were people who were financially superior. Maybe these were people who were part of the military or the political elite or whatever. But the people who used to be in charge or were the children of the people who used to be in charge start getting the blame for the destruction of their homeworld. Enter bigotry. And then this could then explain and explore this exact topic of why they feel so against them. Rather than they enslaved my people 300 years ago, these jackasses ancestors destroyed our homeworld and now we're stuck on this dirt ball as a direct consequence of this now archer and crew are coming down here specifically to try and figure out wtf you know they want to find out what's going on i'd probably make this a hoshi vehicle i think the communication thing and her understanding of both culture and linguistics would make her best suited for this mission but whatever um so she comes down tries to figure out what's going on finds out about the racial divide and 
ultimately she wants to get to the ship. That's the goal of this episode. Get to that ship, drag its database stores out, and use them to try and get any data on the Zindi they can. Because that's kind of what we're in here for, right? Over the course of this, she starts being affected by the bigotry she sees on display. We see the Dennings dude, and we see even the bartender who's willing to stand up for it. Like, I would change the scene around so Dennings is like, <laughs> I'm incredibly obviously evil. And the bartender's like, get the hell out of my bar. Dennings is like, fine, whatever. And it's, and after seeing the bartender stand up for him, for the uh, for the... Uh, the equivalent of the Skagarn, so the former elite. We'd come up with some slang word for them, some kind of derogatory term, like... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to read the brand of my pen. It is so worn down. I use this thing constantly, so it's completely worn down. Uh, what's the brand of my beard comb? There we go, we'll go with that. Vikings. <laughs> Whatever. So we'll call them Vikings. I don't freaking know. And so, you know, ah, as soon as we see the bartender stand up for the Viking, and Hoshi's like, okay, cool. And then the bartender actually smacks him upside the head, physically, and says, get back to work. Do you know how much trouble I almost got in because of you? God, I'm docking your pay for the rest of the week for this. And just, just, just berates him and abuses him in a more mental, more verbal way than in your typical physical way, just to showcase that even people who are not completely cartoonishly evil are still part of the problem. This then leads to the core question. Okay, well, we need to interfere in some way because we really need to get to that, that freaking ship and try to get access to those files. So do we interfere? This is the moment where if I had, uh, if I was actually doing this, you know, if I was workshopping this, or rather writing this, this is when I would workshop it. I'd be like, all right, hey, and I'd bring in the people who who are I am paying to be the writer's room and say, what do you think? Should we have them intervene? Should we have them try to get involved in this? Because I kind of lean towards the idea of, yeah, I like the idea of this, the Enterprise crew, especially headed by Hoshi, just wanting to stand up against this kind of obvious bigotry and showcase how horrible this is. Just try to change a few minds and try to change some perspectives on this, right? And it's like, well... And it lacks the humans are special tint of the original, because I've replaced the humans with Zindi. But at the same time, the end of the episode would involve human beings reaching out to Zindi to help them overcome their prejudices. I mean, come on. And that's the general gist of that. I, I would have to workshop and work through some specific scenes, but that's what I would do with this episode. Try to make it a little less filler and a little bit less Sunday special. What do you think? Oh, and I would have this come up at some point in the future, you know, when, when it comes to discussing things either with the, the Zindi nations or, you know, maybe in a future episode when this whole Zindi thing is done, you know, reference that, the, you know, hey, we've contacted Planet Whatchafig. And <laughs> they, they mentioned uh, Jonathan, uh, no, no, they mentioned uh, Hoshi Sato and, and her interference on the planet or something like that. Have it come up in some way in the future. You know me. Anyways, that's all I got. I'm sorry. Looking forward to your ideas. See you next time.